so juicy sweet. Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. And I'm Devin. And today, Devin is continuing our journey through Middle-Earth with Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, the 2002 Lord of the Rings film from Peter Jackson. Um, I gotta say, we've been getting a lot of feedback from our episode last week. Have we? You haven't shared this. I genuinely don't know what the feedback is. I have been getting good feedback. Um, Lots of friends friends of the show have reached out to me. Oh, uh, love it. Mostly yelling at me for never seen, having seen Lord of the Rings before. <laughs> uh, let, let me read to you some of the comments that I got from friend of the show, Mike, uh, because these are these are fantastic. Um, he started off by saying, you're going to sit there and tell me and, and tell folks that you've never watched Lord of the Rings in what universe? And I pretty much told him <laughs> this universe. Um and like we're fixing it, and he's like, "These Marvel movies would not be happening if it weren't for Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings movies." I was like, "I'm completely aware of all this." Uh, and he goes on to say, "He will die on the hill that Lord of the Rings films are the greatest films ever made, completely changed the industry." Uh, Mike works in film pro- film production and sound, so he uh, has some experience behind the scenes. Uh, and then he offered that he might go buy a big screen TV for his 5.1 sound setup just so I can experience and fi- experience Return of the King in 5.1. And to which I said, wait, so I'm not supposed to be watching this on my phone? Uh, to which he had a heart attack. And I haven't heard from him since. Uh, Ooh, I hope he's OK. Mike, yeah. Mike, reach out to us. No, Mike was supposed to join us on the show tonight, but he... Uh, forgot that he had back to school night with his kids so he's oh, doing it's that instead um but the invitation was thrown out there that he could join us next week so hopefully mike will be on the show next cool. week um but yeah lots of p- feedback from us doing this so that's yeah. good i love it i mean and and to be fair i was surprised as anyone that you hadn't seen these movies were you literally waiting for the podcast to see them I mean, I literally bought these for the podcast on Blu-ray. Yeah, but that um, doesn't, I mean, that, that doesn't account for like 20 years of you not seeing this. What was happening the other 19 years? I mean, I like I, I said last week, I had seen bits and pieces of them, but never mm-hmm. was able to watch them the whole way through, which we'll talk about a little bit later because I'm convinced that I haven't actually seen the whole, this whole movie. What? I, I think I've only ever seen half of this. Okay. Okay. So, so, so some of this is new for you then, mm-hmm. because you said last time that you'd seen bits and pieces of the fellowship, but never essentially all of it all together in one sitting. Correct. And never the extended yeah. edition, as far as I know. Perfect. Okay. So then, what is your history with this movie? I want to jump into that because for, for two towers. Yeah. I remember when it came out on DVD, getting it from Blockbuster again and trying to watch it, and like, okay, oh. yeah, it's on in the background. Um. Before we get into all that, though, I need to tell yeah, you, yeah. I told, I teased you last night with something. I made a right. purchase over the last few days that I think you're going to be proud of. And I okay. purposely did not tell you this until now, but you know how, you know what I'm big on, right? Like one of the things I collect in, uh-huh. what, what is it? I mean, you collect records, you collect scripts, you collect pins. The record thing was close. I went to okay. second, second and Charles, like we were talking about before oh, the show today. Gotta go there. And I picked up the uh, soundtrack to 
love it. fellowship. Oh man. Because I'm the guy who still has an iPod and will buy music, <laughs> put it in iTunes and put it on his iPod. I'm so proud of you. Do you even download, like, I remember spending a lot of time downloading just the right album artwork that would also look good on the iPad when I would do that too. Do you spend the same amount of time? If it doesn't do it automatically, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I still, yeah. That, I, wow. That was a hit of nostalgia I wasn't expecting at the mm-hmm. beginning of this. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, for the, like the one, like the, what was it? The, the 10 gig or whatever. Those like big chunky ones that could play movies. It's an, I, I think I have it here somewhere. Uh, it's an oh, iPod Touch. Uh, oh, is know, it? Okay. Yeah. I don't know where it is, but it's on my desk somewhere. My desk is a mess right now. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I bought the soundtrack to fellowship and I was definitely listening to it in the car today. Okay. So what track was your favorite? Which one was like the best one for you? All right. So concerning hobbits is fun. Like that's just it's like, so a, good. like yeah. that, I might, I might make, I might make that my alarm. For that's a good show. one yeah uh but the ring, the ring goes south mm-hmm. just that epic like even when i was watching the movie that gave me chills like when the, they're going over the mountain and there's like that helicopter mm-hmm. shot of them walking like just the the horns in that and just the way it builds i that might be my those are my two favorites right now I mean, they're excellent favorites to have. I, I think that you picked some really, really good ones from that soundtrack. It, we'll have to talk about what you thought about this. Yeah, one. and you can't uh, you can't go wrong with Enya. So, was that one? May it be? Yes. Was it on that one? You know that we did that one for my high school graduation, right? We sang "May It Be" from Enya. I don't know why, but we did. That's probably why it sounds familiar. Yeah, that was it. It's okay. I. I have a special connection to that one, but we should talk about the movie. Yes. Let's talk about the two towers. So two towers, you had kind of said everything there was to say about it. It's 20 years old, which makes zero sense. But I just, I mean, so my history with this movie is I saw it in theaters, probably opening night. I was obsessed from day one, have been obsessed. I've watched this version so many times now. I love this movie. I think in my opinion, it's one of those rare sequels that just is better than the original in a lot of ways and felt, I mean, obviously it's necessary, but it didn't feel like it meandered much. I I loved everything about this one. Uh, Alan, having sat down finally to watch it for the first time all the way through, what did you think of, of the two towers? I will give you my response in a for in the form of a question. Okay. You you really think this is better than fellowship of the ring? Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. You're going to, you're going to have to convince me on that. Because okay. uh, I don't know if it's just how I watched this one. I I got bored with it. Did uh, you? Because I get I got so invested in the Sam and Frodo stuff, mm-hmm. and then they're not in the movie. Like they're barely, <laughs> like it's a lot of Aragorn and like Gandalf the White, which is fine. Like I like that yeah. their storyline too, but I wanted more Sam and Frodo, and like I feel like you only got a little bit of them. Did the fact that they basically showed up at Mordor in the first hour of this movie make you go, oh, I'm not going to see them again, am I? I mean, I knew that it was just like, one does not simply walk into Mordor. Like, I mean, that that, that was yeah, kind of easy. Is... Like... <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, no, I, I, there, are, there are elements of this movie that I do like. I just think, and maybe it's because of the extended edition, because I know something that they added for the extended edition because of IMDb. And, Tell me. Uh, Boromir, like the Boromir, yeah. 
Like that took me out of it completely. Did it um, really? Yeah. It just, it felt like a weird cut. Like you have his mm-hmm. brother standing there. We'll, we'll get into it then. Okay. We'll, okay. Um, but I pacing wise, I found this film harder to get through. Like I had to take a break mm-hmm. at one point. And I think that's because mm-hmm. I was watching the whole thing. Like I, mm-hmm. I got up, made lunch and put in disc two right after watching disc one. Um, which I did not do before. So I think that's part of my reasoning behind this. I think for Return of the King, I'm definitely going to have to take a breather in between discs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I know that one's the longest, correct? I think it is. Yeah. I think okay. you're right. So I'm going to not do that disservice to that one. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I enjoy a lot of the character stuff, the stuff that I mm-hmm. wanted to see more of. I got, especially mm-hmm. with Legolas and Gimli. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a lot of fun uh, cameos, like uh, fun appearances of actors that I know from other stuff in this. We're, now that we, we were talking about a little bit last night. So uh, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to, you know, ruin it or anything, but did you, did you not expect the boys actor to be here? I forgot that Carl Urban the boys actor. He, I don't remember his name. He was just he was Carl, just butchered Carl the whole Urban. time for me. Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Perfect. Uh, he he is bones, dude. Like, uh, like he might be butchered on the internet, but to me, he's Hank McCoy uh, <laughs> in the J.J. Abrams Star Trek. Like, Good. Like that's how I know him because that was my introduction to him. Like a lot of people know him from this. My introduction mm-hmm. to Carl Urban was Star Trek. Uh, That's right, and he was excellent in that, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Leonard Nimoy said that he was blown away by that performance because it was like his friend was back on set. Oh, I love that. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Oh, goodness. Remember that next time you watch Star Trek. I'm going to have to, especially if I rewatch those movies. Okay, so I wanted to start with with things that I like about this movie that I want to know if, if you liked or if you thought they essentially got in the way. So what they do in this is they do a very good job in The Fellowship of the Ring setting up the world. This is the world. These are the stakes. These are the main actors. Go, right? You get a sense they're just essentially walking to Mordor. This is going to be a bit of a tour, right? They're going to bump into things. They're going to bump into people. You're going to get people and things that kind of flesh out the world. What did you think about building out this world? Because the movie then asks you to care a lot about characters that are not The Fellowship in this movie, a lot more than than they did in in the first one. So in the first one, it was love the fellowship. Here they are, and now they're asking you to care about Rohan. They're asking you to care about Eowyn. They're asking you to care about the Ents. Um, they're they're asking a lot of investment in things that they just introduced. Did those work for you? To a point, I think it was a little bit for me personally. It was a bit mm-hmm. too much. Like okay, but it makes sense because each layer of the fellowship you have a new layer introduced to mm-hmm. that they're 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 folding into so you have pippin and mary with the ents and then mm-hmm. uh, you have sam and frodo off with boromir's brother mm-hmm. and then you have aragon with Mar- miranda otto uh <laughs> so, <laughs> hold on what else is she in because she looks very familiar she's in a lot of stuff she is shows she? up let me look it up um because, like, yeah, I, I recognized her, and I was like, I know her from stuff, but I couldn't remember anything off the top of my well, head. 
I had that uh, with a couple of people. I had that with with Theoden as well. Theoden? Uh, yeah, he's the the captain from the Titanic, and I didn't realize that, which I thought was fun. Okay, uh, she was on Twenty Four Legacy. <laughs> That's probably how you know her. Um, no, she's in a she's in a lot of stuff. Um, she was in the reboot of Sabrina as Aunt Zelda. Got it. Okay. Uh, Lord of the Rings, but we're talking about that. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, she's in War of the Worlds. Yeah. Got it. Okay. I bet that's how yeah, I know a, bun- a bunch of different stuff, but I think the most recent thing that she's known for is probably Sabrina. Mm-hmm. So. So then knowing that, that some of it worked for you, but some of it was kind of, you know, asking a bit much, how do you like the world that they're now building out? Because essentially you've now seen the elves, you've seen the state of the dwarves, and you get a lot of politics on, what are, on what's going on with men, and you also have more information about how wizards kind of function in this world. How do you like the world itself? I mean, I'm, I think at this point I'm in. I'm in. So yeah. uh, I'm Good. enjoying it more this time around, taking my time with it and mm-hmm. letting it ingest. It's just a lot to process at once. Um but no, I, I still don't understand some of the relationships. So like the king that we see in this movie is a completely yes, different completely different kingdom than Aragorn is from, correct? He's more like a like a thane, essentially. He's like a sub king. Okay. Or like the kingdom of that area, but then Aragorn we, is we the, haven't, the big one. We haven't seen uh Aragorn's stuff yet. Okay. No, that's, that is that's a where huge I'm getting, set piece. That's where I'm getting a bit confused with like, mm-hmm. it's a bit like Game of Thrones. Like you got the king of the north, the king of the west. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So understanding that I'm a mm-hmm. little bit more at ease and like, so yeah. Good, good. Because I mean, it, it is a little bit confusing, especially because I didn't realize how much like politicking went on in this movie until this most recent rewatch. And, you know, it's not a lot, but there's definitely politics involved when it comes to the how the men interact with each other and what the kingdom of men is up to. And and mm-hmm. I had no idea until this watch where I was like, oh, OK, I guess I get it a bit more. And then especially on this rewatch, I ended up liking Eowyn's character a lot more than I had when I was little. So like when I was little, I was like, ah, she just got a crush on Aragon, and it's weird because he likes the elf lady, and that was like all I kind of took her character for. But I like where she is. That's so, it, and it's a weird love triangle. It is. So, well, I mean, the thing, yeah, because the movie doesn't really sell you on them too hard. They're mostly like, yeah, he's he's still in with the elf lady, but yeah, I guess she's also around. But I like what they're doing with her a lot more on this this rewatch. Okay, so now I think I'm going to move into into music mode because we talked about music. Okay. Alan, what did you think about the music in this one, particularly things like the Helm's Deep theme? How do you think it compared to the first one? Are you now going to rush out and buy this album, or is the Fellowship now enough for you? I mean, can you help me the Helm's Deep theme? Because I don't know it. <laughs> yeah, that was like the... Like that one. Okay. Yeah, I if I listen to the soundtrack a little bit, I might recognize yeah. it more. Like I didn't rush out and buy the soundtrack. I was scrolling through the CDs and found it. Literally um, the second we ended our podcast, you sprinted to the store. No car involved. I get it. Yeah. It's all right. You don't have to lie to me. 20 miles. 
<laughs> there uphill both ways. Uh, I love what you did. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I, yeah, I may not have seen the movies, but I know. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. My Wait, local, hold on. Have you, I you did seen the movies? My, huh? The Hobbit ones? I saw the first one. Oh, oh yeah, gotcha. Yes. Okay. I sprinted to my local FYE and back. Your so, FYE. Yeah. Oh, uh, good. So, yeah, no, I'll probably listen to the soundtrack a bit on Apple Music and then make my mm-hmm. decision. If I find it in the CD bin at Second and Charles for like five bucks, I'll get it. But yeah, I mean, that's not a bad call. So the other one that I wanted to talk about, one of the ways they're expanding the world in this one that they brought up a little bit in the previous one, but becomes a bigger player in this one is Gollum. Mm-hmm. So tell me impressions on Gollum. I have so much history with this this freaking character. Uh, I want to hear what your thoughts are. Gollum is the one thing from this movie that I was familiar with. Oh, is it? Um, oh, yeah, because uh, there was this guy in in a high school band who played a uh, Barry Sax. <laughs> oh, no. He would do a Gollum impression all yeah. of the time. Like, I think all at one time. Po- I think at one point he did it on a Christmas album. I did. It was, was it like the 12 pains of Christmas? Yeah. And I was just a Gollum singing yeah. that. Perfect. Perfect. If, I could fi- if I could find that cassette tape, I would burn oh. it. <laughs> God, what an old sentence you just said. Yeah. <laughs> Every bit of that. Oh, so and you by burn it, now? By burn it, I mean with fire. Oh, good, <laughs> no good, good, one, good, yes. Yeah, no one ever needs to hear that. Uh, no. no, I like Gollum. I like Andy Serkis. I like what mm-hmm. he's what this character means for the industry. Like going back to what Mike was saying in my, in my DMS, uh, <laughs> like that was a big turning point for the industry and for these, yeah. these films. Like that's a big thing. I even sent to you the Easter egg that I found on the Blu-ray, which was Andy circus getting the best virtual award. And yeah. Gollum comes out and like bad mouths Dobby. I'm like, this is, this is great. <laughs> like I, I feel I absolutely love that. Yeah. Um, no, I enjoyed Gollum. Uh, yeah. Can I hear your Gollum impression? Can, can you still do it? Stupid fat herbertses. They stole the precious. They stole it from us. I, I've been practicing all week. So the second I heard him, I'm like, I got to get this back. Yeah. It's, it's not there. It's, there. it's like it, 75%. It's, it's pretty much there. Like it's Just as good as it, it's ever been. <laughs> fair. Fair. It's always been in about 75. Um, so, yeah. How did the visual effects for you for Gollum hold up specifically? Because this is a 20-year-old movie, but he was a juggernaut and in like a big deal in the industry when he came out. You know, it's weird because at the beginning, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if this holds up. Like when they first meet him, like it it Uh looked a little rough. But the more the film went on, the better it got. And like, why? Like, (laughs) (laughs) it was so like I could see a difference from the beginning of the movie to the end of it. And I was like, mm-hmm. what is going on here? And I don't know if it was just like the environments that he was in that mm-hmm. made it look different. Cause he's in different lighting, pretty much every scene that he's in, whether it's surrounded by rocks or in a cave where it's bluish. Um, there's a lot of blue in these movies. A lot uh, of blue. They, they want you to know that it's night. Um, <laughs> but no, I think it held up pretty well. Um, just to compare it to something else that came out this year, Dobby, uh, I think just as good as that, if not yeah. better, like, um, I think there's some CGI from that era that doesn't hold up as well as this does, 
yeah. I think for what this is, I think it held up great. I had almost the same kind of like reaction that you did where like the second he popped up on screen, I was like, Ooh, this didn't hold up as well as I remember it holding up. But then like he would, like you said, as the movie went on, I, I noticed less and less and he just seemed to look better and better. Mm. There were just a couple of times that like he would interact with the environment and it wouldn't move around him, which I, I feel like is a tough thing because it was just Andy Serkis. So like if Andy Serkis made the rocks move, they would move. But like, mm -hmm. there's a couple of times, especially when he was standing on these like little pebbles, where he would like run across them, and the pebbles would just be untouched. And I was like, okay, I don't know, maybe maybe this was, you know, maybe this was a little rough. But otherwise, like, I think it holds for a 20 year old movie holds up yeah. held up shockingly well. And it's weird to like look at this movie now mm -hmm. in 2022 eyes and be like, you know what, that guy there, that little that little creature who's like precious. <laughs> it was good. He he uh he's Batman's butler. <laughs> I forgot about that. Have have I told you have you heard about the Alfred Pennyworth show that's on HBO Max? No. The one I thing that, the one thing one. that Warner Brothers hasn't canceled that's DC on HBO Max. Uh Weird. it was a show on one of the cable channels that Warner Brothers owned. Mm -hmm. Uh it's it was called Pennyworth, but they changed the the name of the show. Uh, it was on Epics. Uh, it's on HBO Max now, but they changed the name okay. of the show from Pennyworth to Pennyworth, the origin of Batman's Butler. <laughs> is this like a peacemaker thing? Like, is it just a joke the whole time? No, or is it, it... it's the story of Alfred Pennyworth and Thomas Wayne. And how wow. they meet. Yeah. But why, that, why that did they change it to that title? Why is Warner Brothers doing anything that they're doing? Fair, totally fair. Was that a recent change or was that like after that like episode yeah. one? Oh, okay. So they're like, oh, people need to know what they I know. think they announced Gross. that at Comic-Con, so. Yeah. So speaking of Gollum, uh, recently there was announced that they're going to do an entire video game based on Gollum, his character. And then that one time where he was like, oh, I've been to Mount Doom before. It's basically his, his little road trip to Mount Doom. Does that interest you at all? Are you like hooked on the character enough to want to see more or is this it? I have questions. <laughs> Do I get to wander all around Middle Earth as Gollum like I'm the cat in Stray? <laughs> I hope so. Okay. I, I mean, I know that it's basically stealth gameplay and you sneak past orcs. Okay. Is it going to be on PC? And if so... Will there, so. will there be mods that make me like Uncle Ben's tombstone like they did for Spider-Man? <laughs> I've never wanted a mod more in my life than that mod. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. No, it, it, the idea of that sounds interesting to me. And if it's on yep. one of the consoles that I own or if my PC can handle it because I need mm -hmm. to upgrade my PC. Uh, I'm interested in that. Like, I definitely check yeah. it out. Um the, I, I speaking of Lord of the Rings and video games, I've heard a rumor. Tell me. And uh, there may for, uh, there's a game that might be diving into Lord of the Rings here soon. Because oh no, which it. one? Take a guess, which one? Is it Fortnite? It's Fortnite. <laughs> Shoot, they're gonna get me back again. They have a new season coming out right around the time oh. of the new show, and uh, there's there's a thing that looks like Helm's Deep that they're teasing in in the game. I'll have, to go oh. in and, I'll have to go in and find it and send you a screenshot. But yeah, there might be a Lord of the Rings tie in next season with I Fortnite. Might, 
might play that dang game again. Mm -hmm. I might have to start another quest for Rick. Yeah. Is it going to be Gandalf? Is that going to be the one you get at the end? I hope so. If it is. Yeah. I just want all of them though. Like I want the fellowship. Yeah. I mean, that would be cool, but I know I, I, I'm sure there's other stuff that they're going to do. Like, I feel like the next season's going to have black Adam show up too. Anyway, enough about this. Fair. So I'm avoiding talking about the end for now because I feel like there's so much to unpack there. So let's keep talking about essentially the beginning bit then. So yeah. you have these characters kind of branching off into their different paths. You have, uh, Frodo and Sam going to meet Faramir. How did you, would it tell me what you thought about that? Cause I thought that was an interesting way to take that, that story. Essentially. I thought that I liked that he ran into other men. I thought that you like, I, I like the way that they interacted with the ring bearer, somebody that they knew was going to go destroy it. Cause now words out that this is what's going on. Okay. So, the only reason Sam and Frodo are able to leave is because they tell him we're going to destroy the ring. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And he kind of has a change of heart. Yeah. Especially when he learns more about his brother. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I like the Sam and Frodo storyline a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I think Elijah Wood and Sean Astin are great together. Yeah. Um, and I even like the foil that you put in there with Gollum and, like how uh, Frodo is more trusting towards him, but Sam isn't. Mm-hmm. So you have this really interesting three-way dynamic going on the whole film. Um, and then what Boromir's brother's name again? Faramir? Faramir. 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 Um, that's a stretch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you bring him in, like if they didn't have that obstacle, Mm-hmm. It would have like if it was just the 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 thing on the dragon chasing them the whole time. It, it's mm-hmm. pretty much just the last movie again. But if you don't, yeah. if you putting the um, putting them into this situation where they're captured, like you have to have a, ha- a hassle to get there. Like it can't like like Boromir says, you one does not simply walk into Mordor. You have to have something to disrupt that journey. Cause they do get to Mordor, Mordor fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd so. actually forgotten they got there that fast until I was like hour one into the movie. I went, Oh, I forgot they're there already. Great. Cause I remembered all the Faramir stuff. I just thought they ran into him on the way. I forgot he was there. Yeah. They um, get there. Uh, Gollum's like, no, don't. And then, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they're like, Oh man, we missed it. <laughs> oh, gotta shucks. go the long way. Gotta wait one more movie, I guess. Yeah. So in that scene, actually, there's a remixed thing that the extended cut did that I don't know that I agree with. And this is actually the only extended edition cut that I don't think I liked. Okay. So at the very end of the movie, Gollum kind of goes off on his own, has a conversation with himself where he says, I'm going to lead the hobbits away. I'm going to, you know, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, Bring him to her. She'll fix the hobbits. And that was at the very, very, very end of the movie. In the original movie, that scene happened as they were walking into the swamp. Okay. And Roman and I had this discussion. I like it better before they hit the swamp. And I think that she likes it better at the end of the movie. And I think the reason that they put it at the end of the movie 
is because it kind of foreshadows things with Gollum. It makes him seem like, oh, maybe he isn't trusted this whole time, or maybe he could have been trusted and, and suddenly turned on them because of how Faramir treated him. So I can understand from a character perspective where that's going on, but for me, it signposted more of what Gollum was doing earlier. Because Gollum was just like, nah, we can't go in the front door, gotta go around the back. And like doesn't give much context for why he makes that decision until you hear that speech. And then his actions make more sense, I think. Did you so, have that same sense watching it? In the theatrical version, he says that mm -hmm. before they get to the gate? Yeah. Yeah, before they even get to the swamp before the gate. Okay. So how does the film end with Gollum and the theatrical cut? It, it just essentially has them walking off from Faramir. And like that's, that's essentially where their plot ends is let's keep going to Mordor. Okay. I think this is where I'm getting confused and why I think I've never actually seen this whole movie. Oh, really? Uh, yes, because I remember the film ending on, well, at least what I saw ending on mm -hmm. Gollum talking to himself. Okay. But I've never seen the extended edition. Gotcha. So I don't okay. know if that's like the splitting point of the DVD mm -hmm. back then for the theatrical yeah. cut. Um. But that's how I got confused. I mean, story-wise, it makes sense. Like, if you're going to do this long story, you save that reveal for the end. My question mm -hmm. is, who is who is who is she? Oh, you'll find out next movie. Okay. I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, especially if you don't know. Yeah. Because you, how much of the next movie do you know? Just, I have. Just... I what I know is it won Best Picture, and that is it. <laughs> okay, um, great. That's exciting. In the chat, uh, it's better at the end because it is the final fall of Schmeagol. Schmeagol and Gollum are at a constant battle until the end of Two Towers. Then you finally know from Return of the King he's evil. I Yeah, like I, I get that now. Like That makes sense to me. Well, and I get it from a character perspective a lot. I'm not disagreeing with that, and I can definitely understand why the choice was made. I think, I think it just added more context for me of him going, let's go the long way. And I think that was my big my big deal because otherwise it just seems like he's trying to be inconvenient, mm -hmm. and and for not a real good reason. But I I like what Chat said a lot. So what I what I interpret it as was just like PTSD, like he didn't want to go back in there, right? So, that, so right. he panicked and like freaked them out, uh, and freaked out himself uh, because mm -hmm. he did like he was tortured. We saw that in the first film, like he's tortured yeah. by the orcs and. Mm -hmm. reveals the, the hobbits. Um, so that's what I, I read it as, but okay. no, this, this makes, a, this makes more sense now. It definitely does. So then switching characters abruptly, we yep. also follow Mary and Pippin who go mm -hmm. off and have adventures with the Ents. What did you think of adventures with the Ents, Alan? I am Groot. <laughs> Nup said. This is this is all I remember. Like all I remember from watching this twenty years ago is talking trees, yeah, and and them like, and I just like did not care. <laughs> um, but no, I I I really enjoyed it this time. I'm confused about some things. Like why was the water making Pippin taller? Um, yeah, they don't really explain that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And like their stuff kind of led me to questions about the hobbits in general. Um, Why? Uh, okay. Uh, sorry. The, the, the chat 
in the chat, friend of the show, Bill says in canon, the, in the canon of the ants, the ants, male ants are so boring that the ant wives left. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So questions about the hobbits. Yes. Mostly about what they smoke. Oh, Um, um, okay. I think you, I think you know what they smoke. It's not tobacco, is it? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think it's tobacco. Not, that's not what the I, that's, way they acted at the end. Not not with how much they eat either. So mm-hmm. okay, that's what that's the main thing. It explains a lot about the hobbits. Yeah. Um. But no, I enjoyed them. I wish they had more to do in this instead of just sit there. Yeah. But I did like at the end when they're like, "What are you guys gonna do? Like, you got to do something." And I feel like they like they intentionally tricked. Uh, what was the tree's name? Treebeard. Treebeard. They tricked Treebeard into going to see what was destructed, right? Absolutely, they did. Yeah, that yeah. was the whole. That was their whole. That was the, like the big decision they made in the movie. Yeah. This for me, this part is the slowest bit of the movie. The mm. movie's already a bit of a slow burn. These scenes for me are where it falls a little bit flat because you don't have characters that are really actively making decisions, aside from the one where they decide to trick Treebeard, and then the one where they where they, you know, decide to then smoke and, and eat afterwards. But it yeah. it falls, I mean, it expands the world, and I like that a lot, but it's, I think, the slowest part of the movie. No, that's fair. Uh, I also think, how do I want to put this? Um, they're mostly there to, their purpose of, of the overall story, I think, is done by the, the, before the end of the first act of this. Cause I think I mean, they, kinda. They, they play a big part in revealing what's revealed in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, and the, the bait and switch that you get um, with, with Gandalf, like that we should probably yeah. just get in, into that. We, we have to, we so. have to get in. It's, it's going to be the next thing. Yeah. Because they do. You're absolutely right. They do. I mean, I also like what they've done to, to Isengard. I think that that's a, an important thing, an important role that they play. But yeah, they they reveal Gandalf in this movie. You knew he came back, right? You weren't surprised. I knew he came back. Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, I've seen Star Wars. Obi Wan Kenobi is struck down and becomes more powerful <laughs> than. Like, fair. It, fair. It, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, I knew. <laughs> I knew that, was surprised. I, I knew that from a story, like story wise. I knew that, but also he's in all the marketing. Like the yeah, the Fellowship Blu-ray had the trailer that they played at the end of the theatrical run for Fellowship for this, oh. and he shows up in okay. that. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Okay, so, like it's not it's not a secret that he comes mm-hmm. back, but if you don't know it, I think the film does a good job of tricking you. Yeah, um, and confusing you because the whole film opens with Gandalf fighting the 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 smoke monster the balrog yeah i did like the last reference though it was good yeah um so did, what did you think of gandalf's plot so this actually made me google what happened to gandalf because Ex- explain it to me yeah. so this is what i understand gandalf yeah sacrifices himself to fight the monster in the cave mm-hmm. uh, he defeats the monster and is transported through space and time and becomes the white uh gandalf the white I mean, you're not entirely wrong to be in, to be fair. Okay. So first off, Gandalf's not human. That's like a thing that you need to know. 
the okay. wizards. So him, if you've seen any of the Hobbit movies, there's that Radagast the Brown, Saruman. They're all a different race. The gods of this world essentially brought Gandalf and his ilk to the world in order to protect it. Um, and, and that's kind of their job. So their mission on the world is just, hey, protect it, protect it from politics, make sure that you know the world is going in the right way. So he sacrificed himself fighting the Balrog because it was something that he was supposed to do. But the god, so when he died, his god basically said, well, you're not done in Middle-earth, go back. And when he went back, he essentially kind of um, like Doctor Who rebooted a little bit, where he has a sense of his old self, he kind of understands where he used to be, but he's not like, it's not like a save file in a video game where he picks right back up and he's like, ah, new clothes, let's rock. He just kind of has a, a kind of base sense of his personality. Yeah, I like to think that Grand Gandalf the Gay, the Gandalf the Gay, Gandalf the Gray, his <laughs> <laughs> last words were, <laughs> um, I don't want to go. And then he just shows up. Oh, uh, dude, too not, soon. Not, not as Matt Smith. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> In the chat, also he too w- soon. He w- he is sent back by Uru, the fire, go- fire god, to replace Saruman as the best of the wizards. So yeah, so I'm guessing there always has to be a, a white wizard in this world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and basically Saruman was like the white wizard, and then Saruman like turned. didn't do what he was supposed to do. He turned exactly. Yeah. So he um, was sent to to do that. And I, I noticed with Saruman, like his robes looked a lot more gray this time around. Mm-hmm. Um, man, Christopher Lee being a, a good wizard, then turning to to evil. If I had a nickel for every time I saw that. <laughs> oh gosh. All right, so now we got to talk about it. So let's talk about Helm's Deep, man. What did you What did you think? So this. To give you a sense of scale, right? You've seen Helm's Deep. I mm. did some some research. Helm's Deep took longer to film than The Last Jedi did. Just that sequence. It ended up being 20 hours of film. It ended up being about four months of filming. Uh, it was all almost entirely natural rain that fell on it uh, during the entire thing. This was an absolute bear of a scene to get on to film. But was that worth it? To you, was this all worth it? So, having not seen these films, I've always heard about the battles, Battle of Helm's Deep, and I was like, okay, okay. it's a big thing, big deal. I thought it was in Return of the King. Really? Yeah, I thought this big battle was at the end of the films. I didn't realize it was in the Two Towers. Oh, that's um, fun. So it took me a minute to be like, okay, so we're we're here already. What is Return of the King then? Because I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's what I thought. Like I enjoyed it. I I can see where a a certain show on a certain cable network got inspiration for some stuff. Um, <laughs> but Na- name and shame, yeah. please. Is it is it is it Game of Thrones? It, it might be. Oh, got it. Um. Are you looking up Game of Thrones? No, I'm getting messages, and I. Um. Yeah. No, I enjoyed it. Like it's it, yeah. it is a big battle. It, there's a lot to take in. There's a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, fun moments with the characters that we've gotten to know over two films. Mm-hmm. Um. 
Yeah. And there's a reason. Um, I do have my phone on silent, but my wrist still goes off. <laughs> um, and I have Perfect. Facebook open behind me, Bill. So thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, and I, I, I'm just like mentally fried from today. So oh, no, I can um, imagine. But- ask me what you want to ask me about the Helm's Deep. That gets no, absolutely. With me. Yeah, no, no. So my thing with Helm's Deep is that it's at this point absolutely the biggest battle that we've seen so far. It also represents the biggest differentiation between the books and the movies that we've seen so far. So been a little there have been little things like in you know Fellowship. There's Tom Bombadil who doesn't even get a mention in in this. Uh, there's a lot of like little things like that. But in in the original movie or in the original books, the elves don't come to Helm's Deep. And for me, that's one of the coolest moments in this movie where the elves show up at Helm's Deep. My, my big question for you was that I like this battle, not that it was a cool spectacle, because of course it was, and not because there's the cool character moments, because of course there were, but I like it most because it moves the plot forward in a way that not a lot of fantasy battles tend to do. So mostly they're like, okay, these two people are going to fight, and then fighting happens. And essentially all you care about is who like lives or dies at the end of the fight, but mm-hmm. so much hinged on this. All of Isengard marched here, so this is essentially all of Saruman's plan was, I'm going to throw everything I have at this single thing. You have this this reforging of the relationship between elves and men in it, and you have essentially the 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 fellowship growing stronger. There were so many moving pieces. What, did any of them resonate with you more than the other ones? Um... Because for me to to for me to to answer the question, because this was kind of on the spot for you, for me it was a mix of watching the fellowship grow closer, because up until this point I didn't realize how little of Legolas you actually see and how little of his personality you get really until the Battle of Helm's Deep, and it was also for me watching the elves come back into it. I loved it, and that that scene got me, and I forgot it was so good. Yeah, I think for me, the seeing Aragon, am I saying his name mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Ar- okay. Aragon, Aragorn, however Aragorn, you want to say Ar- it. Seeing him like st- uh, step into the leadership position a little bit more, I think, because yeah. we talked about it last time where I, I think he's the main character of this, like he's mm-hmm. the hero of the story. Uh, seeing him develop as a leader a little bit more, uh, knowing what the next film's title is, um, seeing that <laughs> happen a bit. I, I enjoyed, and I think my my favorite moment of the whole thing was him and Gimli, like going around, and he's like, "You have to toss me because I can't I, make oh. the jump." <laughs> like I love that so That's much. So good. Like Gimli is my favorite in this whole battle because you have that moment, and then you have him and Legolas just like keeping track <laughs> of their kills. Oh. Like it's just fantastic. Well, one of the scenes was extended. So when when Gimli's sitting on the on the the dead orc and he's like, "Oh, well, I've got forty seven and Legolas is like, "Well, I got forty six and then re kills the orc under him. <laughs> Just like, oh, I I could listen to Gimli banter all day. Yeah, I mean, it makes me it, Gimli makes me want to rewatch Indiana Jones like right now. <laughs> I love that. What did you think? So there's a weird extended scene that I forgot about where they were on their way to Helm's Deep and Gimli was like, oh, the dwarf women look like dwarf men, so we don't think there are dwarf women. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> it was 
just weird, right? I, I, I mean, it wouldn't be so weird if you didn't have the Ents talking about the Ent women, the Ent wives. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Like, do these species just, like, scare away women or... <laughs> I mean, maybe, honestly. I just, I love the... Like, you need one more in there, and then it's just a joke. But you have the two. You don't don't get that third, so... I mean, are there there orc women? I feel like that's right for the same kind of Obviously not, because they're digging them up from the ground, so... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, did you... Okay, did you like the reveal that Aragorn's not human? So he's not human. No, okay. no. I mean, he's. I know he was a mix of elf and man. Yeah. Okay. So okay. So his mother was an elf. I think so. Yeah. That's okay. why he spent time in Rivendell. I'll okay. I'll have to check that one though. I mean, it makes sense. I didn't pick yeah. up on that. I knew that they did the whole thing where they talk about his age, but mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, I I forgot he was so old, and I know that ages work weird in here. Like, I also know that like Frodo is suspiciously old in this. Mm-hmm. Like he's not the teenager that I thought he was. I just don't know his age. That's because, as I said last week, Elijah Wood is forever young. He, but he is though. It's oh, that might have to be my, that might have to be my pick for when we're done with this. What is it? Forever young. I didn't know that was a movie. Oh yeah, it's. Uh, I maybe, thought you were maybe I thought you were referencing the Elijah song. Wood. Elijah Wood's in it, but there's also like somebody we probably shouldn't give time to on the podcast. Uh, Ooh. Annoying. Annoying. So I think my last question for all of this then is, are you, I mean, two of my last questions then, are you excited to watch Return of the King or are you burnt out on the series? I'm not burnt out. Okay. I think I, the best path of action for me is to watch it one disc at a time. Um, (laughs) Sure. But no, I'm excited for Return of the King. Um, I, I'm excited for it. Uh, I, I know very little of it. I, I think I know what the opening scene is, and that's it, because I think I saw it on okay. the internet somewhere. Uh, but beyond that, I don't know what else happens in it, except for a few memes. Um, that's great, though. That makes me really, really, really happy. But, yeah, no, I'm excited for it. Um, Good. Can we talk about the memes from this movie? Because I, I didn't yes. realize how many there were from this one. Oh, yeah. Uh first one being so it begins mm-hmm. thought it was from return of the king did not expect it here i was like oh hey he said the thing <laughs> good um, and then there's potatoes uh which i i referenced in our facebook and instagram post so you can go check those out now it was wonderful if you haven't um, seen it and then the one that i talked about last week mm-hmm. uh can you guess the one that i was thinking of last week from this is it they're taking the hobbits to Isengard? They're taking the hobbits to Isengard. I absolutely love that moment. That should the whole just, time. That should have been our go live notification. Like we're taking the hobbits to Isengard. It's oh, it should have been. And, and that's the thing too is like literally as that scene was coming, I'm saying they're going, Ramana, it's coming, it's coming. He's gonna say it. He's gonna say it. It's coming. And then ah, uh, it's so good. It's that's so good. that's more that I knew about this movie than anything. Like they're taking the hobbits to Isengard. They're taking the hobbits, <laughs> the hobbits, the hobbits, the hobbits. Uh, yeah. Is that a, is that a better song than, than Smeagol's fish song? I don't know Smeagol's fish song. He sings a song about a fish when he's in the forbidden oh, yeah. pool and the archers are going to shoot him. Um, 
I mean, it's debatable. Yeah, for me, it's arguable. I don't. I'm not. It depends on my day and my mood. Because sometimes I'm really fa- feeling this Meagle song. Neither are on the level of the Ballad of Bilbo Baggins by the aforementioned Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> so next, especially if Mike's going to get involved next week. Next week, we're not only going to talk about Return of the King. We're also going to be talking about the stuff around this movie. So we'll be talking things like Ballad of Bilbo Baggins. We'll also be talking about Bakshi's Lord of the Rings. Alan, I'm going to have at least a five-minute YouTube clip for you to watch okay. because I want you to compare the epicness of both of these movies, and I want your read on it. So I'll okay. have a little bit of additional homework. Okay. Uh, I do have a question about okay. something that you mentioned. Of course. Because I, have, I haven't read the books yet. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. debating getting them on Audible, but I want you to explain to me Tom Bobadil. Tom Bobadil? Yeah. So I, okay, to the best of my knowledge, Tom Bombadil is a, a guy that's just completely unaffected by the rings, doesn't care, doesn't matter to him at all. They ask him to take the ring to Mordor. He goes, nope, I'm busy, and then walks away. That's what I, that's my knowledge of Tom Bombadil. I don't know that that's all of it, but that's okay. all I know of him. I haven't read the books either uh, yet, but I, I'm definitely going to after this, I think. I need okay. to know more, especially reading the wiki, because you had asked me um, last week where the rest of the rings went. And I was ready for that question this time because I did my research. Oh, and the more really? I read into it, the more I was like, oh, I don't know much about this aside from what's on film. I need to look into more. Okay. But I know he's okay. a big deal, Tom Bombadil. So, uh, and it just isn't discussed here. So because you did the homework, where did they go? Right. So uh, the rings of the, dwar- the elves, the- there are three of the rings for the elves. The rings for the elves all essentially went to elves. So... Um, Oh, Elrond, uh, the guy Mm -hmm. that plays in The Matrix, he has one of them. Uh, The other one is Galadriel, which you saw in the movie. And then the last one is actually Gandalf, who has one uh, of the Elven rings. I don't know that that's... Yeah, I don't think that's shown in the movies. Um, Then in the dwarves, uh, how many of them are for the dwarves? The seven. Um, There are seven of them for the dwarves. Most of them get eaten by a dragon... And are just like not talked about again, but three of them Sauron ends up kind of reclaiming for his own. And then for the nine rings for the men, they literally all turn into Nazgul or Ringwraiths. So that's okay. essentially where all the rings are at in this in this bit. Okay. Yeah. I'm curious if the a show called The Rings of Power, if Gandalf gets one, is going to have Gandalf in the show. I really, really hope it does. I mean, they make it seem like Elrond could possibly be in the show, too. Yeah. And that would be cool to see him again. So hopefully Gandalf shows up. I mean, Hugo Weaving is notorious for not returning his characters, so we'll see. Uh, oh, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but that doesn't mean they can't recast. So, Especially if he's much younger. Yeah. So the last question I wanted to ask you, then, is you have recently seen Game of Thrones, as talked about last night. If you haven't mm-hmm. seen it, listen to that. It's awesome. Uh how does this compare for you? Like, so this is a 20-year-old fantasy movie. The, the Game of Thrones movie or TV show just came out literally yesterday. It's a newer take on the fantasy genre, essentially, than what we're getting now. Would you prefer Lord of the Rings to be a little bit more Game of Thronesy? Would you prefer Game of Thrones to be a little more Lord of the Ringsy? So I talked to... <laughs> The thing about Game of Thrones is it was such a slow burn to get mm-hmm. 
to the end. And then like, like it, the pacing of it was so uneven. Like it was so drawn out for the longest time and then it sped up and it felt weird. Yeah. This, like the Lord of the Rings films, especially these extended editions, like there's a complete story there. There's not Mm -hmm. seven books that aren't complete, a series of seven books that aren't completed yet that you have to fill in time. There's a complete story here. You can cut out the pieces that you need and still tell a long story and keep it fast paced, even though a lot of it is just people walking. Um, but I, if they were to make the Lord of the Rings books, a show, I might, mm-hmm. I might feel differently, but I think I'm enjoying Lord of the Rings more than game of Thrones Cause I know that it has mm-hmm. a solid ending. Yeah. And so it's you, not just like Peter Jackson making it up and throwing things on the wall and seeing what's I mean, it's fair. So you don't think that Game of Thrones or that Lord of the Rings, sorry, would benefit at all from some Game of Thrones tropes like sex position or brutal killing off. Like if Aragorn didn't just actually die, it didn't have plot armor eight inches thick. Like, would that have made it better for you? I don't need to see Hobbit on Hobbit action. Um <laughs> But no, I don't think I don't think it would benefit from that. Like I think going back to what Mike said, like the mm-hmm. this the, these films are a, a, a linchpin in cinematic history. Like they are mm-hmm. story wise, they they are what they are. But from a technical standpoint, these films are game changers, especially yeah. with the Gollum stuff and the way they filmed them. Uh, especially if you ask the tourism board of New Zealand, like, right. <laughs> um, right. Like, I feel like you could do this as a, a series, but I think it's, it's telling that Amazon is putting all this money into the, the show and telling a different story. Like, I don't think you mm-hmm. need to tell this story any differently than it already is told. Yeah. It, it's telling that they're not trying to remake it or redo mm-hmm. it as a longer burn show. Yeah, because there there are some franchises like like eventually it will happen. Like, don't get me yeah. wrong, they will remake the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings films, probably as a show. They'll probably do the same thing with Harry Potter. Uh, probably not on HBO Max because Warner Brothers doesn't like that anymore. Um, Fair, but I I think years down the line that will happen. These are still mm-hmm. they're twenty years old, but that's still pretty young. Like, yeah. Like Wizard of Oz is just finally now getting a reboot, and that came out in '39. So, my goodness, I don't know that I want that. You're getting it, so yeah, it's, it's fair. That's very fair. But in the yeah. chat, uh, Miss Little Moon asks, "Are we doing oh. the Hobbit trilogy after this trilogy?" Have you seen the Hobbit trilogy in its entirety? I, I've seen the first Hobbit. We'll have to. We'll have to give it some time. Yes. But we'll definitely have to because the Hobbit trilogy is definitely different. Uh, well, speaking of the Hobbit trilogy, mm-hmm. um, would you recommend the extended editions of that? I've never seen them. Oh, okay. I've only ever seen the theatrical versions. So the Hobbit's interesting because the Hobbit was one of my favorite books. I was very excited for it to be adapted. My opinion on it is I think three books is a stretch or three movies is a stretch. And I understand that they put some of the Cimmerillion in there to kind of pad it out and, and essentially foreshadow what's happening on here. I still think it's a stretch. Yeah. But they're worth seeing. They absolutely are. I mean, it was supposed to be two films and they made them three. So. 
Yeah. I, mm, yeah. Colbert's in them. That's all. I, yeah. Hooray. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, anything else on, on the two towers? Anything that questions-wise you have? Any? Uh, not that I can think of. I'm excited for next week to uh, talk about Return of the King. So Great. Yeah, the, the last piece of research that I had done for this is there's this big part where they're like, oh, they're taking the ship. All the elves are taking the ship. Do you know what the ship is? What's that? It's just a ship. They're going to the west. There's a whole other continent over there. The only people that are allowed over there are immortals and ring bearers. That's all oh, it is. Okay. I, yeah, when like um, Erwin was going to um, was going to go, and she's like, "No, I'm staying." And you get that like you know that scene of what's going to happen to her. Yeah, I, I thought it was like a symbolism for like we're all going to go die in the ocean. But no, they're literally just going to another continent because you see the elves going there in fellowship, right? Yeah, yeah, you see them walking that way. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's literally what there is. It's it's apparently a place that evil haven't hasn't touched. You can live in harmony there, away from Middle Earth, where things are kind of bad sometimes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. The, it's the Canada of Middle Earth. <laughs> a? I don't know. Yeah. Great. Uh, can't wait for a Broadway Lord of the Rings. That's not something that's actually happening, is it? No. But now I want it. I mean, it probably will. Who who was this? Miss Little Moon. Well done. We're doing it. Hundred yeah. percent. We are. I need tap dancing Gimli. Now. It's just it's just the fish song, and uh, <laughs> we're taking the Hobbit to Isengard. The whole the ba- time. The exactly. Ballad of Bilbo ba- Baggins. All of that fun stuff. Uh, all right. Uh, anything else before we wrap this up? That's all I got. All right. Well. That does it for this week's show. Uh, This weekend, if you are going to be in the Gettysburg area, I will be at Creature Feature Weekend with our friends over at Victims and Villains doing some press coverage, talking to some celebrities, uh, doing some interviews there. So if you see me at Creature Feature Weekend, say hi. Um, I will also be, hopefully, Devin, have you seen The Lost Boys? No, I haven't. Uh, Do you know the sax player from The Lost Boys? Like the, the shirtless sax player? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's giving a concert at Creature Feature Weekend. So hopefully I'll be seeing that. Um, But yeah, so if you see me at Creature Feature, uh, come say hi. Uh, Until next time, uh, you can listen to You Have to Watch This Podcast on all major podcasting platforms. We also stream weekly on our Twitch and Facebook and YouTube pages. Uh, You can also visit our website, uh, rumrunnerspodcastnetwork.com. Uh, and find our page there along with all the other rum runner podcast network podcasts until next time for you have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan and I'm Devin and we're taking the hobbits to Isengard. We will see you next week. Okay.